Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Keep the Receipts, the One Man Fast Break. I'm your host, Altamash, and yeah, it's been a minute since the last episode, but we're not going to get into that. There's a lot to talk about, especially with football wrapping up its divisional round, and we are in the championship games where we have the Kansas City Chiefs having a rematch against the Cincinnati Bengals in Arrowhead for a chance at a Super Bowl again. Obviously, last year, Joe Burrow took care of the Chiefs and you know made that big comeback, that 18-point comeback in Arrowhead Stadium to reach the Super Bowl for the first time in his second season only. And Patrick Mahomes trying to go back to the Super Bowl for the third time trying to win it for the second time. So there's a lot on the line, obviously legacy-related and kind of proving who's the best or the quarterback in the NFL. If Joe Burrow wins again, that'd be four straight wins against Patrick Mahomes, two in his home ground in the AFC Championship game. That would be ridiculous. And that's kind of where I want to start. I want to talk about Joe freaking Burrow. The guy is the truth. He is the real deal. And I think that's the main point I've got. I think there was debate about, you know, who are the top three quarterbacks. And it was Patrick Mahomes was obviously number one. And he should be number one by no every me- measure, every standard, every trophy, whatever you want to put. Patrick Mahomes is number one quarterback in the NFL. And then everybody was anointing, me included to an extent, Josh Allen is the second guy, especially the way he played in the last two playoff games against the Chiefs. But I think we all kind of were dumb in the sense that, dude, Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl last year. There was a reason they went to the Super Bowl, and Joe Burrow was a big factor, especially because they had no offensive line last year. And then the guy comes in, has nine sacks. They got nine sacks against Tennessee in the division around last year won that game went to Kansas City down 18 at halftime to win that game the guy's just been a proven winner all throughout his career had the best possibly season in college football history with LSU went undefeated won the national championship number one pick the guy is a certified winner and just kind of getting to the game that happened this weekend the guy just cut up the bills with precision, just like a surgeon. The guy was just cutting up all parts of the Bills throughout, just from the beginning of the game. It really was no contest. They went up 14-0, and I thought, you know, this would kind of get Josh Allen and them going, but it never happened. Props to that Cincinnati defense that's underrated, but they're getting their love as well this, you know, coming around this week. And rightfully slow, they made that great play in the game against Baltimore. Obviously, you know, for those who saw it, Tyler Huntley in the wild card ground was trying to push the ball over the pylon with his, uh, you know, trying to uh, pull the ball over the top and ball got knocked down. And then Sam Herbert took it 98 yards to the house, what they call it, the fumble in the jungle. So that defense, you know, a game that was kind of teetering. If Baltimore scores that touchdown, they possibly win that game. That is a game changing play from the defense. So the defense legit. Joe Burrow's good. You know, you got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. They're stacked. And it's not going to be easy for Kansas City to win. And kind of just going back to Joe Burrow, right? The guy just 
seems so cool, right? They got all these nicknames for him. Joe Cool, Joe whatever. The guy was ice cold. Joe ice cold. Whatever 15 nicknames you want to give that guy. That guy delivers in the cold. That guy delivers in the in warm temperatures, cold temperatures, snowing like it was in Buffalo. It doesn't matter. You put that football in that guy's hand. That guy will deliver. And 23 for 30, 23 for 36, 242 yards, two touchdowns in the first two drives. That first touchdown to Jamar Chase. The guy was Jamar Chase for some reason was wide open in the middle of the field, uh, and three defenders with no within like maybe five yards around him and then he just walked into the end zone because he was so wide open and like I said they never looked back from that point on and there's that really cool viral little you know snippet video it's kind of like almost like a TikTok but it is a video of Joe Burrow throwing the ball um, and spinning around the guy just looks like he's built for the moment for the big games and the Kansas City Chiefs are really in for a dogfight right and it's going to be tough. I'm going to make my predictions in the next episode, so I'm going to save that. But it's shaping up to be a great AFC Championship game. And speaking of the other team in the AFC Championship game, that's the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, five straight AFC Championship games hosted. Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game, which is absolutely mind-boggling. But that's just Patrick Mahomes, right? He's working his way. He's on course. You know, we throw that GOAT word around a lot in these days. But Patrick Mahomes has that trajectory where he can be the greatest player of all time. He's got to win this game. He's got to win the next one. Having two rings in five years uh, as a starter with three Super Bowl appearances and two MVPs. He's going to win MVP again this year. Um, just crazy, right? The guy is doing it his he lost his best weapon or his second best weapon wherever you want to consider Tyreek Hill compared to Travis Kelsey. Their offense got better. Doesn't matter who plays, he figures out a way to win. And in that game against the Jaguars that they won 27-20, Mahomes was Mahomesian, right? In the sense that he just delivered when he needed to. And he's done that throughout his entire career. This first game he had less than 200 yards in the playoffs. Of course, uh, everybody saw he got injured in that second quarter, uh, got rolled up on before that. The guy was carving up the Jaguars, and then the game really became tense when Mahomes got injured, and then Chayani came in, and he got a 98-yard drive. Shout-out to Andy Reid, just, you know, the engine. The train keeps rolling. The engine keeps swerving. It doesn't matter. You just put in anybody, and Patrick uh, and uh, Andy Reid will figure out a way to get points. 90-yard touchdown. Patrick Mahomes comes back in the second half um, with a high ankle sprain. And, you know, I'm no Patrick Mahomes, but I had a high ankle sprain. And I couldn't – I was in a walking boot for, like, four or five days. So the fact that he's expected to play in four or five days is absolutely crazy. And hopefully, you know, he's he's 70% of himself, 60%, 80% of himself because they're going to need to be – Patrick Mahomes is going to need to be close to 100% to beat the Bengals. He was 100% last year, and they lost. So I'm sure Patrick Mahomes wants to get his revenge and he wants to play better and outdo himself from the uh, that terrible performance that he had in the second half of the AFC Championship game last year. And him being on a bum ankle, that's going to be really difficult. But going back to the game against the Jaguars, right? On a bum ankle in the second half, 
Jaguars are driving. I thought the game really could have turned if the Jaguars would have scored that touchdown right before Mahomes scored the game ceiling touchdown. Um, Trevor Lawrence inside the 10-yard line throws the ball to Jamal Agnew, who tries to make a move, gets the ball knocked out. Chiefs recover, and that was the game to me because if you score that, it's a three-point game. You put all the pressure back on Kansas City. Mahomes has to make a play which he probably would have anyways, to be fair. But I thought, like, them not scoring that kind of, like, eased the pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs, and then Mahomes drove them down. Dude was uh, hobbling all over the place trying to just hand the ball off. And then somehow, of course, he throws a dot in the back of the end zone uh, to MVS Marquez Valdez-Scantling, take the lead, and that was the game. The guy's just unbelievable, right? Like, the one that you compared to sort of like, you know, Isaiah Thomas when in the in the finals when he was running on a bum ankle, right? Like the guy, Willis Reed sort of, where he comes in, he just gives his team the spark. Like this guy's out there, he's a dog, he's just going to go play and he's just going to give it his all. You need that. And it, it, it was just amazing to see. And I can't wait for this AFC Championship game. And just kind of a side note, kind of talk about Trevor Lawrence. Um, like I said, it was just bad luck. I thought they played really well. Trevor Lawrence didn't play great, but he played, I think Jaguars overall played really well. They were their running game, which is going to be a big key in the AFC Championship game because the Jaguars with ETN uh, and Jamichael Hasty they ran the ball really well against Kansas City. And if the Cincinnati Bengals can run like that with Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan, two guys who are pretty, like, strong, tough runners, that's going to open up the game, like, Joe Burrow's an accurate as they come, right? But if you can get the running game going, then you can get that play action going off of it. Jamar Chase running behind, T. Higgins running behind. That's a whole different ball game. And that's going to be a big key is can Kansas City figure out what to stop the run so then sort of make Kansas City one, I mean, make Cincinnati one-dimensional, which... My, doesn't mean you might win the game because Joe Burrow is accurate enough that he can win the game even when things aren't going his way, especially with the running game, which hasn't been amazing this year, to be fair. Joe Mixon has been okay this year. Um, but if they get the game running game going like the Jacksonville Jaguars did, we're talking. like It's going to be a really uphill climb, especially with Mahomes being injured or not being 100%. Um, but I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars have anything to be sad about. They've they look really good. They came back 27-0 against the Chargers to win that game. Trevor Lawrence first playoff run, you know, after his rookie season with Urban Meyer, which was a complete shit show. Um, so second year in the playoffs, won a game, got to the divisional round, and they're only going to get better from there, right? And Trevor Lawrence is just another name another person to add to the list of great young quarterbacks in the AFC especially you got Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen Joe Burrow Justin Herbert Trevor Lawrence all made the playoffs and then of course Lamar Jackson the Ravens made the playoffs but Lamar Jackson did not play he's injured and then you could possibly even add you know Deshaun Watson is coming back from his thing right don't want to get into his situations and stuff, but overall as a player, Deshaun Watson is great, and those are like five, six quarterbacks. So these teams, these guys are going to be beating up on each other as long as they stay with their teams. You know, Lamar Jackson maybe not because he might, you know, 
doesn't want to play there, or although the Ravens said they're going to bring him back 200%, that's a wait and see. But if those guys stay there, you're going to have to like beat two or three of these guys to get to the Super Bowl every year, and that's going to be fun to watch. But in the NFC, it's not like that, right? And we want to, I want to kind of switch over to the NFC and talk about a guy who could possibly be the best quarterback in the NFC, especially if he wins this week. And that is Jalen Hurts. Jalen was hurt, and then he came back against the Giants and didn't look so much hurt, and the guy just absolutely dominant. I know that was cheesy and lame. I apologize. That's the best I can come up with right off the bat. Um, But Jalen Hurts came back. He looked great. He looked phenomenal, to be fair, right? His um, He looked pre-injury, if I can say that much, right? Maybe the injury is still there. Um, but it didn't look like it was bothering him at all, right? He was rushing, he was throwing, he was methodical. And him being on the field opened up the game for that running game with Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, and even Boston Scott, who always seems to score against the Giants. What was the stat I, I heard from uh, the Fox uh, people was that he scored, what, 18 touchdowns in his career or something like that, and 11 of them have <laughs> been against the uh, New York Giants. So the guy always scores against the Giants. Um, but that running game is being, you know, pushed forward. And that running game is taken off because Jalen Hurts, the threat of Jalen Hurts opens up that run game. And that first, like the first quarter, the first quarter and a half, every time Miles Sanders got the ball, four yards, five yards, seven yards, eight yards, first down, 12 yards, like, they were just running it down the throat. I think there was like a, a stretch in that early, maybe mid-first quarter, late first quarter, early second quarter, where they just ran the ball like seven, eight straight times because Giants couldn't stop it. And just the threat of Jalen Hurts being able to pull the ball back out and run on his own just changes the dynamic of the Philadelphia Eagles completely. And Hurts looked like the MVP candidate that he's been the entire season. And from the first, from the get-go, right after, like, this was even less of a contest than the than the Bills and the Bengals. Was. This was easily, this seemed too easy for the Eagles to win, but that's how they played all year with Jalen Hurts. He's played like MVP. He played like the MVP in the, uh, in the uh, divisional round, 16 of 24, 154 yards, two touchdowns. On top of that, you add the nine rushes, 34 yards, and one touchdown. And I think the biggest question was, like, the previous game that Jalen Hurts played was week eight, week 19. They needed to win that game against the Giants. He didn't look really good. He had just come back from the injury. He was, you know, looked like he was a little stagnant. He looked like he was a little scared or, you know, didn't really want to injure himself. They didn't run any running plays for him. So the fact that they ran the ball nine times, you know, shows that that shoulder's healthy. And there was a play where he felt like he was lowering his shoulders. He wasn't fully full throttle. But the guy was, like, pushing defenders off the way like he had been doing the entire season. So it looks like he's really healthy or he's close to 100%. And that sets up a great game against, you know, their biggest test this year. San Francisco 49ers, they've won, what, 11-12 in a row. And we know that 49ers defense, you're coming up against... Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, who's definitely not irrelevant right now. That guy is very relevant to the playoffs and to the 49ers. Has a chance one win away from the Super Bowl. Um, definitely not re- irrelevant in that case. And But 
this is Jalen Hurts' biggest test, right? You're coming up against Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, Ken Law, Jimmy Ward, Hufanga. Like, they've got a stacked defense, all levels of defense. And it's going to be a tough test, but the Eagles are at home. And we know the last time the Eagles had home field throughout the playoffs, they got to the Super Bowl. And obviously that was with Nick Foles, completely different. But the Eagles have just, in recent memory, have got to the Super Bowl and won it, beat Tom Brady, beat Bill Belichick in a Super Bowl, dropping over 40 points on them. So history says that the Eagles are in a good position. But, man, that 49ers, defense, uh, that 49ers team is stacked. Forget their defense. We know their offense. They signed Christian McCaffrey. I mean, they traded for Christian McCaffrey during the midseason. That guy's been life-changing for them, considering catching it out of the backfield, running it out of the backfield. Elijah Mitchell has looked really strong. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, forgot George Kittle, just stacked at every position. So Brock Purdy really does not have to do crazy stuff. Just get the ball to these playmakers and let them cook. And it's going to be a great game. I can't wait. This one's going to be very physical because both offensive line, both defensive lines from both teams, very strong. And it's going to be a it's going to be a hard-nosed battle. And I would love to see Jalen Hurts get through. Um, but the 49ers are good enough to do it on themselves, right? And just kind of end on this last note, right? Um, talked a little bit about the 49ers. So, of course, have to talk about the team that they beat. Uh, which was the Dallas Cowboys. And Cowboys losing the divisional round. Water is wet. The sun is really hot. Things that everybody knows apparently, right? The four, the Dallas Cowboys haven't got to a divisional, uh, haven't got to an a- a- NFC Championship game since 19, the 1995 season. Um, and it's just self-inflicted wounds, right? That's the worst part about this game, right? It was 19 to 12. It was a game that they probably should have won if Dak doesn't throw terrible interceptions. The first one was pretty bad, but the second was second one was even worse considering they were driving. They were inside the 10-yard line driving for a touchdown to take the lead in a game where touchdowns, only each team only scored one, and points were at a premium, turned the ball over, in those moments, those are the game-killing plays. And then, of course, turned the ball over, had a chance to get the turnover on the 49ers, and then Trayvon Diggs dropped the interception inside the five-yard line. And then the 49ers go on to score Christian McCaffrey rushing touchdown. They never look back. And it just seems like the Cowboys do Cowboys things in these moments, which unfortunately has be- they've become a verb in the wrong sense, right? Every time they... They get really close. They they tease you, and then they freaking do something to mess it all up. And here's another offseason, right? Is Dak the guy? We don't really know. Can he lead them? I thought he could. And then he completely had a chance to change all the narrative to win this game in, in San Francisco. I mean, in Santa Clara, to be fair. But came up short again. Now Dallas Cowboys, another year without an NFC Championship game. So... Some when things change, you know, we got a new quarterback, NFC, possibly Jalen Hurst. Some things say this thing, right? The Cowboys can't get to the uh, championship game, but uh, that'll wrap up this episode. I will be coming back with an episode 
very soon um, before the the championship games. I'll kind of do my predictions, kind of predicting of what how the game's going to go. And we'll do that very soon. So hopefully before the games for sure. So either Friday or Saturday, definitely we'll get one out for you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. And on that note, I'm out.